the sacred Chuku, look with favor upon your abject supplicants and cast the mantle of your protection around our shoulders. In the name of the power, give of your generous bounty so that we may serve your needs forever. Our flesh and our blood are yours. Behold your bride. Time here. No snow yet, you know, keep promising that snow. But welcome to the Sin of Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill. And with me tonight is Iris. How you doing? I'm doing well. No snow, huh? Yeah, no snow hmm. yet. They keep they keep promising all this this snow and uh I really don't feel like shoveling, so I'm kind of applauding silently right now. But, <laughs> it's, but I, I I'm I'm so grateful that this season I haven't seen heart attack snow yet, as they call it, which uh Oh dear. You get the right right snow mixed with the rain, and it's so heavy that you could possibly have a heart attack. And I'm not down for doing that. It's just no man, no way. It hurts, hurts, kind of... hurts your back, hurts everything. You know, it's, 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 it hurts all over. It sounds like the snow here. It's so so wet. It's heavy. It's mm-hmm. so heavy. It's it's just ridiculous. Well, you could build a better snowman then. See, sure, a better um. Uh... You know, snowball that'll give a person a concussion. Definitely, you need that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pack that baby up. That's, that's the one you unleash on your worst enemy. See? <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Iris has been a minute. Uh, but what you been watching, girl? Oh, you know, I've I've been watching some very interesting movies. I um, I watched The Crucible just for shits and giggles, the Winona Ryder one mm-hmm. lately, and um. I finally got to watch the Jumanji with um, The Rock. It's fun, ain't it? It is fucking hilarious. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was quite funny. Um, and just revisiting the old stuff like Rosemary's Baby and um, <clears throat> Halloween. And I sat and watched, oh, I sat and watched Hero with my parents, the uh, the Jet Li movie. Yes. Oh, God, how I love that movie. I like both. And, I think the one with Dustin Hoffman. That's a different movie altogether. But I think I mm-hmm. like both of them. You know, oh, they're they're great flicks. And then um, I just watched Salem's Lot. So did you watch it, it with the boy? Was he freaking out when Orlock shows up? No, no, I don't watch it with the boy. Not yet. But I can't wait to introduce him to some of these movies. Yeah, that's a pretty mild one, I'd say, with the exception of a couple of parts. It's a TV movie, so. 
Yeah, it's a TV movie. I think the the part of the kids at the window would get to him. Yeah, yeah. It like, freaks me out of an adult, you know. It's just, yeah. But, you know, besides that, you know, just just hanging out. being. Gr- oh, and I finally watched the Teen Titans movie. That was cute. You love it? I love it so much. You know, <laughs> so many That's little, so many little inside jokes in there for people. Right? I know. It's cute. There's a damn, uh, the, the, the trailer scene is probably one of the best things ever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, besides that, you know, I've just been hanging out, reading books. Cool. I have watched a ton, uh, cause I, I named a whole bunch of stuff last show cause I, I was cramming for the NFW top 10 list and watched oh. a whole bunch of horror stuff. So the show you guys were not on was the show I talked about horror the most. So, oh really? Yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know. Oh my gosh, could could have been a, uh, a much longer discussion, but um, I rewatched. Well, I, I wouldn't say rewatched. I I I, I, I watched Throw Mama from the Train because it was on Prime, and oh, I never saw it its entirety. And um, it's it's kind of there, you know. The the the, the um the banter is is okay, but you know, the physical comedy, which which I love in movies, is is there, and I I love that. And a very annoying Anne Ramsey, who I think she died not much after the movie was made. Yeah, I think so too. And um, she's a treasure. Yeah, um, I love her. I love her in Goonies. Yeah, Mama Capelli. <laughs> yeah. You want the pepperoni? I'll give you the pepperoni. <laughs> so good. Um, I rewatched Starman because I got my most excellent print that I <gasps> purchased, and uh, that's gorgeous. And the movie's still awesome. I, I love that movie. Uh, any day of the week, I could just turn on the, the, uh, not the opening scene, but the first scene you see Karen Allen where she's, uh, singing with Jeff Bridges and I like, I'm big softy at that yeah. point. Yeah. Wow. I haven't seen that in forever. I'm a big softy when it comes to that shit. And you know, the movie that, uh, bears the questions like, Hey stranger, I look like your husband. Can I put a baby in you? He didn't ask permission. You know, me too, <laughs> me too movement at all. But, uh. Yeah, she was glad to uh, to house that alien baby that could possibly take over the world. You don't know what happens, you know. Uh, <laughs> what else? I've been catching up on TV because I've been behind terribly. On TV. I, I caught up with the Goldbergs, and um, they continue to do stuff that I enjoy. Like, it, um, what was the one? Oh, they 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 inputted the the wedding singer movie in a way. And do an episode that's pretty brilliant, and uh, using a lot of cutscenes. And John Lovitz actually showing up in the in the episode, and uh, I, I gotta love that. And I, I just love everything Goldberg's does. And people are like, "Oh, the nostalgia boom!" Uh, it's a double standard. Like, no, but they do it funny, and I don't have to enjoy Summer of '84 on on those merits. And I just I just can't do it. <laughs> the Goldberg's makes me laugh because it has comedy people in there and. Yeah, it that does that. So, so still behind on my regs. Uh, Riverdale, Supernatural, all that good stuff. But I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up real good with that. What else did I watch? There was one more that I watched. Uh, I watched a whole lot of Angel because I bought that on Vudu. The whole series. Oh, was, really? Was cheap one day, and um, that's one of those ones they took off of Netflix where I said, "Well, I have to own that immediately." And <laughs> I think it's better than Buffy myself, as far as like a narrative goes and characters go and. I think it's real fun, especially when we get to that fifth season and Spike shows up and all chaos ensues. And oh, yeah. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, 
I never met David Boreanaz. I, I had the opportunity to meet him once, but I didn't because I was still bitter about Angel ending on, on a whim. But uh, <laughs> I did have one more watch, but I'm going to save that for my, my my beef because it's it's one oh. of those things <laughs> mm. <laughs> that people tell me I should like again, and I didn't like it. And so you're much. like, no. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I didn't like it so much. So uh, I'll kick it to that now. Being the the lovely segment called the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. The barbecue beef? Mine's the juke deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Iris, you're feeling so groovy, but anything bothering you lately? Anything at all? Um, you know, there is something bothering me because I, I've, I've started um, swimming again, which is really good because, you know, being old, your knees just can't take, you know, you pounding and running. So I started swimming. Mm-hmm. And uh, this place is so nice because it's like five minutes away. So I have like no excuse saying, no, I'm not going. Cool. And so there is a, a pool, and so obviously because I'm swimming. Oh, you need that but then there's swim, right? these people. Oh yeah, and then there, <laughs> then there's these people that get in there, and I mean it's clearly got lanes, and they're in there just fucking around in the water, and I'm thinking in my head, this is not the fucking YMCA. Get the fuck out if you're not gonna swim. And they bump into you. I slapped one of the kids while I was doing one of my strokes. And I'm like, oh my god, just get out of my way! I'm doing my laps, bitches. Come on, that's man. right. You know, it's like if you either swim or get out, and then, uh, yeah, it's just so I just get irritated because you know I do that to relax. It's my zen. I'm in the water, but yeah. then they, they're like they're like harshing my mellow, man. They are seriously harshing my mellow. Uh, uh, you know, first world problems. First world problems, man. <laughs> Fucking health clubs, sons of bitches. I know, right? That would be your grocery store, like with me, you see. You did the health club, you know. And pick up your fucking towel while you're at it, asshole. Right? On, you yeah, know? you know. Oh, and then there's guys that don't wear swimming trunks. Oh. They're in their fucking boxer shorts. And I'm like, they're free really? Ball. They're free ball in the pool, huh? And I'm like thinking, if you think I can't see your junk, then you're an idiot. And if you want to show me your junk, you should probably have some junk. <laughs> because, oh my god. They're not as in doubt as Dirk Diggler bouncing off the diving board, you know? <laughs> Swinging. Oh my goodness. But yeah, that that's just my little first row problems. I'm not going to talk about the other stuff that's pissing me off because that'll be a little too political and I'm not going to do that. What do you mean, like razor ads and shit, you know? <laughs> You know, that that one, eh, meh, whatever. If, you know, guys get pissy about it, well, then just like I think Mike Merriman said, then maybe you're the audience, <laughs> you know, just saying. Yeah, try to sell them razors with dude bro ads, and that that's that's not toxic masculinity, not masculinity that's just, you know, out-of-date shit that oh, yeah. pisses people off. Like, why are you going to make a, like a... Like a Zima commercial in in the in the in the aughts. Why would you do that for? It just <laughs> it doesn't work, you know. It's like, hey man, what are you doing? We're shaving, bro. You want to shave with us? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's that. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, my first real problems. That's all it is. <laughs> okay. Oh man, my, my my problem is with uh 
I watched a film. Uh, somebody lovingly gave me an Oscar screener for it. I'm not going to say where it came from because those are, those are illegal bits. But I got to see Bohemian Rhapsody because I didn't get to uh. make it to the theater. I wanted to, but I didn't get to make it to the theater because I was mm-hmm. in, intrigued. But um, if you know anything about the film, uh, it was supposed to be a whole different film uh, than it was because it had a different script. Sasha Baron Cohen was going to be Freddie Mercury and do the singing and the, the theatrics and yada, yada, yada. And that didn't happen. So instead, you got a whole different script, which is basically a puff piece that was, appro- that was approved by Roger Taylor and Brian May of the band. So you had, you made, you had this movie, which it's great in parts. It's wonderful. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you watch like the performances of the, of the music stuff, like he, Rami Malek, who folks may know from Mr. Robot. He does lip syncing for Freddie because I've been burnt in the past, so I'm happy about that. That somebody else who is a vocalist did the music for him to lip sync to. Oh, really? Because why would you just do a, a t- play a tape? That'd be ridiculous. Just say play a tape of Freddie Mercury and have him lip sync to it. No, I think they had a, they had a different vocalist do it while he lip synced with those that prosthetic in his mouth, which I, I'm I, it's, it's a little nitpicky shit. But if you look at Freddie Mercury in the late seventies and early eighties, his teeth were not that perfect. They, they were they were they kind of stuck out like Clydesdale, but he had like the grill and it was it was like perfectly aligned, and it looked really it was there. But you know, I, but that's a little shit. But the problems I have with the film is. The stuff that's not musical performance, it's a lot of like, you could tell it was a lot of pandering to the band, the script. And then right smack dab in the middle, this, this, I know Freddie wouldn't appreciate this, and his family wouldn't appreciate it either. They had this, this is where Freddie gets AIDS montage, which I didn't appreciate. Oh. Like, it could have been implied instead of him showing, showing him going up the stairs at a club with the leather daddy and then coming back downstairs again. It's like, yep, that's where Freddy got AIDS, right there. Like, no, I, I didn't need that in that film. But the the, the the live aid stuff is, is it's like you're watching it for the first time. Oh, really? God, you know, that's awesome because, you know, I got to watch that. Because that's, 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 how, that's how good and impactful those performances were. So I'm not, I'm not dissing the film. I just don't think that you, you should be loving the film like you should because it could have been, been something totally different. And uh, I'd love to see... Well, you're never going to see it now. Because it was made by the pedophile Brian Singer. Which, that's a whole other beef right there. That that guy can keep making movies. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Why they let this go on? That fucking ham-fisted Corey Feldman. Oh, guess what? I'm going to give you some names that I motherfucker should have gave him names years ago. Instead of waiting for a book deal or something. That's another fucktard in Hollywood I can't stand is Corey Feldman. Cause he, he, <laughs> a lot of people can't. He just he just he just holds this information that he supposedly has to say these are the pedophiles, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them in my back pocket just so I can get a better deal. I, I don't see the distinction here you know, as far as you know if you're trying to help people, why would you hold this information for people that could possibly use it and say you know what, maybe I won't let my kid act in this film because that one's on set, you know. Or maybe it's maybe it's more of a hmm, you know, if I need an acting job, maybe I can call on you because yeah. I got something on you. He got something on you, yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's got he's got the goods, apparently. You know, jeez, mm-hmm. that fucking guy. You know, I love to meet him one day because I love I love stuff that he's in. But I hear he's 
really fucking weird, and uh, I, I, I can't, I can't do it. Like, if you go to, like con and meet them, I'm sure it's at least like seventy bucks or like oh, sixty God, bucks or something. It, yeah. So when you pay that out, <laughs> you get the Corey Feldman experience. It may rub you the wrong way. Like, what did I just spend money on? It's like Billy Zane all over again. It's like, ugh. it's like, <laughs> I don't explain it. It's like you got to be old hand to shit. Like I got to put it down now. This is rubbish. I'm done with it. You know, that's a that's another story for another day. Um, beefs. Any other beefs? No, the the razor thing is really stupid, and the thing with uh, Pete, the whole Super Bowl thing where they're dissing Gladys Knight because she wants to sing "America the Beautiful" at the Super Bowl and. You shouldn't do that. She, she's an old hand. She's been doing this a long time. Right. She struggled with struggles that none of you fucks had to deal with, I'm sure. I don't know her life story, but she, she came up in a time where people were racist as fuck and try, trying to do her own thing. And uh, these, these were real world problems, not um, people being butthurt over the smallest thing. And comedians can't be comedians anymore. And... You know, because they might offend somebody. I mean, nobody wants to host the Oscars. I'm not going to watch it anyway, but it's... <laughs> right, nobody, it's wants kinda... to, nobody wants to host it because all the comics are running scared. I mean... I, wouldn't you, though? I mean, they have a point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand, you know... Yeah, yeah, some people are sensitive, but come on, man. I mean, it's, a joke is a joke. If you say it in a hateful way, then you, you meant it to be hurtful to somebody. You know, like Eddie Murphy in the 80s talking about gay people and stuff like that. You know, it sounded hateful and it, it might have came from a place of hate. You know, who, who knows what was going on? It, it was a big old gay gay panic back in those days anyway. So I'm sure everybody was talking like that. And he thought it was okay. Where if somebody watched it now, they might not think it's okay. But um, it's kind of kind of there. But, you know, people now, they just need to, they need to lighten up a little bit and... So, you know what? Maybe it's funny. Maybe he doesn't mean it, because guess what? It's comedy. It's it's there. Not not to say, I stand by every fucking thing I said in my set. No, you don't stand by everything you said in your set, because the point of it is to be creative. It takes something that's there and, and may, may put your own spin on it, or, like, say something that's funny that you, you don't mean personally. Like, you know what? I, I can go out and say, you know, that Queen Mum's a real whore. I don't mean nothing by it. I don't know that woman. I don't know who, whose dick she sucked back in the day. Okay, <laughs> so I can't say I can't say that she's a whore or not. Because what frame of reference do I have? Absolutely nothing. You know, it's just that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't care for that either. And I hope that these things never get televised. And you know, I nobody's watching them anyway. You know. No, not really. I, I watched the Golden Globes a little bit to see how uncomfortable Andy Samberg was, and he looked like he had about. T- 10 pounds of crap up his ass and he was walking real high because he was afraid to say anything and you could tell <laughs> he had like this nervous look on his face and but it was topped by that great Jeff Bridges speech and I, I was I was down for that so I believe this right this, on. this celebrity thing alone because fuck butthurt people I can't stand them anymore <laughs> just just send them like lemmings off a cliff just you know the world would be a lot better without them I, I, I can't, I can't oh, I'm done I'm done with that beefage <laughs> but uh, today, tonight, we're going to talk about two films that Jeffrey X. Martin programmed. He was supposed to be on this show, but couldn't make it. He's going to be on another show, though, people, because it's, it's going to happen. Because uh, I'll announce it now. Him and uh, Cootie got enough money together to get their own place. 
So awesome. You, you may hear him more in the fall than you do right now, but he's going to show up again real soon. So get, get ready for that. Um, we're doing two Jack Palance joints. Well, one, <laughs> one's you get more Jack Palance in than, than the other one. The other one, you just get, get a whole lot of, wow. I'm just going to say, wow. Okay. <laughs> right. Black Cobra Woman uh, is one, and Craze is the other one. And we're going to do the, the, the one with no plot, but a whole lot of, whole lot of lady in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Black Cobra Woman. First, right after the break. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Black Cobra Woman from 1976. Uh, this stars Jack Palance in a way. He's kind of in the movie. But the, the, and his guy plays his brother, uh, Gabriel Tinty, who plays his brother Jules. But the main star of this film, and you get to see Oliver. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's uh, Laura Gemser, who plays Eva. The main through line of this movie is these two brothers sort of take in this girl who is a snake charmer on stage in slash stripper, which I'll tell you right now that, 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 that scene where she's dancing with the snake at the club, it, yeah. it tops Selma Hayek and from dusk till dawn. I never thought I'd say that in my life, but it's been replaced. Oh, really? She, 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 she takes her top off and it's a lot more sexy. I don't know what it is, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm old fashioned. Let's put it that way. But, uh, it's, it's, it's good looking. And I've always preferred her dance in dogma, over the From Dust Till Dawn one. Well, Dogma came later, obviously, but still. They take this girl in. She she takes in a lover. There's snakes involved. <laughs> Lots a, of snakes. Especially a little green snake and a, a the black cobra, in a way, inserts inside of a man in a hilarious way. But I'm going to tell Iris, uh, take it, Iris. What would you think of Black Cobra Woman? Well, uh, besides having no plot at all. Oh, none. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, basically, I think it was just kind of Joe D'Amato's excuse for showing just a lot of bush and tits. Because that's basically all you saw in this movie. Now, Laura Gensner, you know, 
why not? She is a very beautiful woman. I mean, she did some of the Emmanuels, um, you know. This technically is an Emmanuel film. That's the ultimate That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it maybe that's what it should have been, you know, Black Cobra Emmanuel. Um What's well, alternate title to to the film? <laughs> right? Yes. Uh but I mean it was kind of the very beginning is just it is just all over the place, right? I mean, she gets off the plane. Jack Palance goes to see her. She's messing around with this other guy. Um, this other guy finds out, slaps her, and tells her, "You're mine." You know, I don't care if you do women because she does. She's into women. Oh yeah. I think she's into women more than men, and um, yeah. It, and then it, I was just whatever. Then she's kind of like a ward or is she kind of i don't know all of a sudden she's living with jack with with judas and jules which is jack palance and and his brother and even jack palance in this thing is kind of like all over the place first he he seems like a dirty old man at first and then he's kind of more of a venerable old man and then he turns into an asshole yeah well, you know, we, we, we killed the brother. It was like, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Like, yeah, you killed my brother, but, uh, bitch, you gotta go, I guess. You know, because you uh, stuck a snake in my brother's ass. And <laughs> that's a plot point in this movie, you know. It, well, he deserved it, though, because he killed oh. he killed her love. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying he hilariously, <laughs> he, he hilariously dies because the snake goes up his rectum to eat him, off of the, eat him from the inside. Yeah, and, uh, from the inside out. Yes. Don't, um... You know, it, it was kind of like, I, I say kind of like soft porn because the music in it was just so, it was just so 70s exploitation, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like library music. You know, exactly. That's exactly he, he what it was. He didn't pay for the soundtrack. It's just kind of there. Yeah, they probably just grabbed it from here and there and everywhere. But like, you know, well, like we were saying, there was really no plot besides girl falls in love with girl and then girls killed and girl's lover takes revenge but that's like what maybe 20 minutes left of the movie when you yeah. finally get a plot mm-hmm. uh, and irony of ironies they eat a snake yeah that's the part suzanne wouldn't like so suzanne if you're listening you wouldn't like that part yeah you wouldn't like that part because they, really, they really tear a... apart that snake yeah i mean they they gut it and do everything right in front of you um but yeah it was just very weird movie, and I think maybe it was kind of like they were trying to do an Emmanuel movie, but figured they couldn't get the rights to do an Emmanuel movie. I don't know. But, um, I mean, it was entertaining. I mean, the women were good looking, and and the guy dying the way he did, well, you know, or inferred as he did, I yes. thought was kind of funny. Uh but yeah, and then Jack Palance. I mean, he was his regular. You are my number one guy. Yeah. So you know, my, my, my number one not living lover, which you know you'd expect a little something, something. But you know, right? I know. At one point, you're like, so are they? Is he gonna bed her? I mean, what's going on? But a little confusing. But you know, the last twenty minutes get to be a little bit more, uh, more like a movie, and just not watching. All of a sudden, scenes from, you know, two girls naked in the shower, two girls naked getting massaged by vibrators, or two girls naked you know, making love, well, I don't know, making love to each other, but kissing on each other, and two girls... 
There's a lot of petting in this movie, and uh, there's a lot of petting and and, and uh, inferred finger banging because you know. Mm-hmm. But you, I have to tell you though, the the one um, the masturbation scene, uh, you know, I what is it like ten minutes in? Yeah. That was extremely good. I liked it. I thought it, it was very decently done. It was shot very well, yeah, but it I don't was. know. It was. I don't know really if she good. was touching herself or she was like feeling some spiritual, you know, I don't even know what was going on in that fucking scene. Well, I think she was thinking, of course, the, the very phallic snake. Yes. And then she was also thinking of the, I guess, whatever moments she had with that little uh, Asian girl that she was kind of, they were filling each other up while they were sitting at the table. So, I mean, I guess that's what she was thinking of because obviously she's not into guys because whenever a guy's touching her or kissing on her, she just lays there. Yeah. She's so, going through the motions. You yeah. Know. She's she's not even motioning. I mean, she's not even moving, so I don't know. But anyway, and that little Chinaman, <clears throat> or, or excuse me, the little Asian guy that she that was slapping her around because she went to go meet with Jack Palance. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just one of those minute wonders, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow, dude. But whatever. Yeah, the, the, the Asian dudes ain't got no game in this movie. They got the one guy giving her a fucking butt massage for no reason at all. Only yeah. to, to find out they're in cahoots with each other. <laughs> right. Oh, well, well, and come on. If he couldn't see it coming, it's like, hey, we're going to be completely isolated in this little town of nowhere. Can you okay. please take me? Hey, Korean Bolo Young playing with that boat over there. What's what's going on, okay? You know? I, I will give it that. This film used the real Asia locations, and I don't yes. know how they pulled that off with the budget or whatnot, because you had to fit one more scene of heavy petting in this movie, because there's not enough of those in this movie. Just it's. There's a. Oh, man. This film basically is, is Jack Palance, like you said, taking an award, but he, he's more obsessed with his snakes than anything else. I think more like maybe he was obsessed with her because she was so good with snakes, but apparently yeah. not because in the end she, you know, gets taken out by a snake. The, the the green mamba, which Suzanne probably loved that snake because it was a good looking snake. Yeah, it was a nice looking snake. And uh, starts foaming at the mouth. Really, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, this film is basically a series of, of vignettes of, of women touching each other and I'm not a hundred percent against that. It's just you know, there's not a whole lot of plot here. You might as well be watching pornography because that's about all it was. Was maybe something you saw on? Well, no, there was a lot more bush in this. I see on Cinemax. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the 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 bush was strong. It was '76, so nobody was shaving nothing, and it was all over this fucking film. And um, shower scene was real fine. Yeah, that, that that lasted a while. Um. That, that was good. Um, the whole revenge plot was great. Like like I mentioned, we mentioned before about the brother ki- killing her lover essentially for no for no reason at all. I guess there was some jealousy there. Maybe he wanted it better, but she had no interest in betting either one of them. So he unleashed the green mob on the, her lady friend, and of course she she dies. And they say, hey, let's let's go to Korea. Look at look at my my fine ass in this bathing suit, and it was a, it was. Surely fine, and mm-hmm. my Korean manservers are going to take you out, and that's precisely what happens. Like I say, t- 20 minutes left of the movie, you get a plot. That's, 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 that's where you get it from, because 
you got this movie's called this episode's called Saucy Jacks. So it's all about Jack Palance, but the next film is is virtually more about him. But this film, he's basically like they had him for a day with film your scenes, and that's about all you got. But you got about four scenes of Jack Palance, and I, I got to tell you, his dad sweater game was strong in this film. Oh my god, yes, it was. <laughs> Those sports jacket and then the, the cardigan he was wearing and you're like yeah it's like he's not really interested in sex at all wearing these fucking outfits he's just kind of like yeah I want this pretty thing to hang around my snakes all day long and I think that's all he was 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 aiming for and he was very irresponsible with his snakes because he just had like these terrariums laying around the living room saying these are like the deadliest snakes known to man don't slightly push it because it might knock it over. You might fucking die in my living room. <laughs> in and that is exactly what happens. Yeah, so that's precisely what happens. And well, she 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 plays like a moron with a snake, and he he tells her it was like like talking exercise. Like no, don't 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 get too happy with it. And all of a sudden, yeah, she dies hilariously by the green mamba as well. And I'm kind of wondering if she just didn't do that on purpose. Oh. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's just. It's, I mean, doesn't it seem like it though? I mean, she's like, "Oh, let me use your black, your your green mamba." I thought she was going to kill him with it. Yeah, could have been, but it didn't work out that way. And this film works to a sense. If you you uh want a couple a couple hot ladies in your spank bank, uh, this film does it just fine. You 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 watch this film and not pay attention to the plot that's not there, and just every every five minutes touching. Touching, mm-hmm. touching, and that's fine. But uh, I like a little substance in my non-porn film. But uh, um, thank you, Joe D'Amato, for showing us what the Me Too movement meant way back in nineteen seventy-six. <laughs> way back then, yes. Because Eva gave no fucks who she was fucking finger banging those restaurants, especially a little Chinese girl. But then, yeah, all, uh-huh. of a sudden, all of a sudden, she was into it. You know, like yeah, I guess I better just go with the motions and try to finger bang you as well. And yeah. You know, <laughs> I know because she was. It was kind of funny. You're right because she was like, like, uh, excuse me, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, yeah, which is unsanitary to restaurant people. So don't uh, don't finger don't bang your loved that. one at at the dinner table. It's uh, it's only gonna get nasty for you. And uh, who knows? She could be a squirter. You could be that. That's what you're gonna. And that gets all over the food, so... Oh, my God, yeah. This is a filthy film, so I'm making filthy jokes, so I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry but not sorry, okay? Oh, that was great, Gary. <laughs> but, uh, Iris, anything else you want to say about Black Cobra Woman, and what is your rating, 1 to 10? Okay, Black Cobra Woman, um, the Black Cobra finally shows up in the last five minutes. Yes, he does. And let's see, what kind of rating am I going to give? Okay. I'm going to rate this movie not uh, for its technicality or whatever. I'm going to rate it for its just its enjoyment of watching, you know, just boobies and stuff. Um, I'm going to give it a six. That's a fair. I'm going to give that a six as well. It's a, it's a fair rating. There's, there's, there's a lot of eye candy. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's what will keep you in it for the, the hour and 37 minutes you're watching this for is uh, the eye candy doesn't stop. Until you're watching it for Laura Gesner's boobies and Bush and just watching her do things. That's full basically right. that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just, you know this is a seventies movie where you see the full frontal and uh yeah. man oh man. Six out of ten though. Goddamn Black Cobra Woman. But, <laughs> uh, next up we're gonna talk about 
gods and total like wooden statues and stuff with spiky things. And, and Pazuzu. Pa- oh wait, no, pa- no, it's, it's, it's not Pazuzu. <laughs> oh man, but it Craze. Yes, I'm sorry. Craze from 1974. Right after this. Are you terrified by real life? Us too. You like horror movies? Us too. Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts, for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies, and all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. Black magic and witchcraft can invoke forces of evil which you are powerless to exorcise. Your mind becomes a chamber of horrors filled with the thirst blood. An unholy, murderous craze. Now, don't be frightened. Now, come on, let's go back. No, no, no. Not until you've revealed yourself to him. Show him how beautiful you are, Helen. That's why he's crazy. Jack Palance, Julie Edge, Eva Vince, Hugh Griffith, Trevor Howard, Michael Jackson, Susie Kendall, Martin Potter. Who is she? You could demand it a sacrifice in blood if you got it. You and those crazy witches may call it sacrifice. The police will call it murder! Superintendent, you don't think I killed my aunt for the money? I didn't say you had murdered her, Mr. Motch, for her money or for any other reason. Don't play games with me! You tell me the truth or I'll knock it out of you. I want to know about Neil Mottram and his black magic. How deep is he in witchcraft? I don't know what you're talking about. You're a stinking liar. Get from 1974 also stars Jack Palance uh, your plot synopsis is this a nutty antique stealer starts to sacrifice women what he was doing at the very beginning of the film any fucking way to an African idol to get like weird coins and main vases and shit like that it's a crazy fucking movie and uh it's got a googly eyed wooden statue in it and shit um I'm going to kick it to you, Iris, and ask you what you thought of Craze, babe. Well, this one, I... This one has a plot! (laughs) It has a plot. Very thin one, but it has a plot, yes. (laughs) But you know what? I kind of liked it. I kind of liked that this whole... uh, You know, it reminded me of the the movie with the little... With uh, Karen Black and the the little... um, Little doll? The little doll, yeah, you know. 
be in the trilogy of terror because it, it it almost it was almost like that you know it, it seems like this movie would have fit perfectly with all that but with him you know doing the whole witchcraft sacrifice thing and um there's chuku which if he had a penis it would have been pazuzu i swear it was with the googly eyes they, yeah they, with they, the they eyes the light yes right um but anyway uh it, it, I found it entertaining because it was kind of, yeah, you knew that he's going to be sacrificing people, but where I found it entertaining was, when are they gonna? When are the cops gonna figure this out? Mm. That's where you know that's where I was at because he was doing and he was really working at it. I mean, he really thought his crimes out, especially that last one where he murders his auntie. Oh yeah, the, the, with the funny mask. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, he he covered his tracks. He had the you know, they they could they couldn't say that he was at his aunt's house. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that gave him away was that that one cop was like, "No, man, this guy's dirty. This guy's dirty." And then he kind of finds out that and, and the uh, one girl being the talking exposition right, still in the beans exactly. about the, the black magic. Exactly. And I think that's what but Still, like his chief said, you know, it was like, well, we don't throw people in jail for being witches. <laughs> I mean, we don't do that anymore. Because um, that would be ridiculous. Yes. Not against law. And let me tell you, it was 1964 when England finally got rid of that law. Okay, so anyway, um, so he got lucky there because that was what was 1971 was the film. Because uh, pretty young. 74. 74, okay. Maybe it was shot in 71, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he. I think he probably could have gotten away with it had he killed his associate instead of his um, that other girl that he did at the very end. Yeah. Because, you know, his associate, I think, was, was the one that they were going to be hammering on because he was ready to break. Yeah. But had he sacrificed that guy instead of the girl, I think he would have been able to just keep going, keeping on. But uh, I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I enjoyed the story. I, you know, it, it's it's a tired story of sacrificing things, and you're gonna get gifts, you know. And eventually, you know, there is the demise. But um, I don't know. I found it entertaining, just just because of he was just so well thought out. You know, everything he was doing was very well thought out. He covered his ass and he could have kept going if his associate wasn't such an idiot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the whole, the whole plot of this movie is that he's sort of the leader of this cult that, that, that praises African guys, more of a statue called Chuku that cause the shop is going to shit. So he decides to start this cult and to start sacrificing people to this African God it's a real monkey's paw situation, so you can get prosperity. Like, there's a point in the film where he makes one sacrifice, and, like, the very next scene, a drawer opens with all these rare gold coins. And, like, yeah, pr- praise Chuku. Now we have to keep killing, hilariously. <laughs> and it just seems like the long con to me that, wasn't, that was never going to work out, so you needed that, 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 that thing in the third act where the woman just tells everything about him, just to say, yeah, this long con's got to be over with. Yeah, because the long con is he just keeps killing these rando people, which the ant wasn't rando. That was his first mistake right there was killing the ant, I think, because she's connected to him. 
and he stands to get a big big inheritance if she dies. But they're not really putting two and two together until this talking exposition happens. Because he doesn't look unhinged at all in this movie. I'm just throwing it out there. It's just, you, you needed that, that one interrogation scene like in the second act to say, you know what, this guy might be fucked in the head. And he probably is, but he's working to, to please working to please this god with the with the wooden trident that conveniently stabs people. Stab, 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 stab. Yeah. I think the one lady walked into it. Like, how, how the fuck do you walk into it? <laughs> you stupid, oh, you know? God, yeah. This massive pointed statue just sticking out. Like, yeah. And the stairs are the other way, honey. I'm just throwing it out there. But, you know, <laughs> she wouldn't have died hilarious you know, the other way. I mean, I agree with you about the, the, um, the helper because he was against everything the whole time until they started making a little money. And even then, he was against, oh, this is, this is, this is off. We, you know. Let's say he, he should have offed him, and then because he seemed like a real, he had nobody else hanging out with him. He didn't have a lady friend in the film or anything. So if he offed him, it'd have been a whole lot of uh, less trouble for him. Because yeah, when you get to the the ending of this film, which is basically <laughs> they find out he's doing it, so he has this unwinnable standoff in the basement with a African spears and all. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Well, and, and it wasn't it great though he was just going in circles and circles and circles and then like, oh, classic Jack Palance right here. He's just losing it and it's yes. kinda wonderful because he's unhinged throughout this whole film. And uh I, I never got I watched this film twice for this show altogether and there's the scene where he where he gives the ant you know, the the fright what if she? What if she just fainted? You know that 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 was it. She wish she wasn't dead. Like they're like gonna go bury the corpse in the backyard or something. And she's like, "Hey, I'm not dead." Well, I that's just... why. That's why he stabbed her with the wooden stake. Oh, that's right. You're correct. Because it it needed to be a blood sacrifice. Yes, it's all it's all it's all mapped out in in like cutscenes, which is kind of wonderful. And I forget little stuff like that about this movie, but the whole him pulling the wires on it, like sabotaging his own car to say, you know what. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I never got. This is the point. I I never got why he drugged the the lady. The, the talking exposition. Oh, because then she couldn't say no. He didn't spend the night with me. Oh yeah, she she she's drugged. She he she got Cosby essentially. If I buy uh, him with the mm-hmm. cherry with the, with the cherry brandy, which sounds disgusting. I'm sorry. I don't need that in my brandy. It just it's bad. But um, <laughs> Jack Palance is uh. Unhinged, with the last film, he's really cool, calm, and collected. But he sees the walking, stalking, spear throwing, car sabotage, and uh, crazy man in this film, and it's kind of wonderful. This is everything you want from a film like this, to where the plot's real thin, but you need a guy like Jack Palance making those faces to to sell it, and he he sold it real good. Oh yeah. Oh man. Like craze, Iris. Anything else, girl? Um, no. Just to say that, yeah, like you were saying, this was it, it was classic Jack Palance. It's exactly what you expect of his movies, where you know he, he's he's completely unhinged, but but still smart about it. I mean, it, it just just. His plots, they were just so well thought out. I mean, I can't get over that. I know I keep saying that, but it really gives the movie the, I don't know, kind of like 
that special touch of where, yeah, this guy's a little unhinged, but he's still kind of a little mastermind. Yeah. We had it all together until, you know, somebody told on him. You know? <laughs> well, not just somebody told on him, but I think it's where he lost it was when, when he saw that kid hidden on, on Chuku. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, dude, that's like our our golden goose. What are you doing? Yeah, that that is a yeah real golden goose situation. It literally gives him gold, and you know, yeah, sends some magic Asian people to buy his vases in his shop. And uh, yeah, that should have been a dead giveaway there because their shop was in in in, in turmoil and. All of a sudden, there they have this big prosperity. Where, where did the money come from? You know, exactly. This is how Illinois politicians can caught people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they get this big, this big surge of money. Where did it come from? You know, let's pick mm-hmm. up that one guy to, to to do it. When they're all fucking got their goddamn hands in the cookie jar, you know. But um, Chicago politics, God, that's another beef that happened today that I'm not even going to get into. But it involved the police officer. I believe that alone, though, and uh. But um, what's your rating, one to ten, girl? On this one, I think I'm gonna give this one a seven. No, um, you know what? I'm gonna go an eight because I did enjoy it, and it was the the plot was great. It was enjoyable, and I really liked it. Uh, I forgot to mention the locations in the film. These are Don't all you? yeah. The, the both films, the locations are really good. This place takes place in the UK, obviously, and. And uh, that that's that's uh, showcased pretty well, and uh, I appreciate that in a film like this. And um, so mine was gonna be a seven, but with that action, I'm gonna give it an eight because I I can appreciate good locations and Jack Palance just losing his shit. I mean, my my introduction to Jack Palance was, <laughs> you said it, my number one, uh, the, the Batman. Yeah, Batman. And of course, uh, Curly and City Slickers because I, I watched that too. Oh yeah, that's good. And um, but yeah, I, I never ex- experienced uh, this this level of Jack Palace before, and I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, that no, uh, Alone in the Dark. I saw that way later too, though. <laughs> that, that that Jack Palance and the that one is creepy, weird. The Martin Landau faces. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful man. I got to meet Martin Landau one time. It was amazing. You know, yeah. uh, people are dead. Makes me sad. But I'm. Gonna, I know. I'm gonna give it a seven, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Watch, watch both these films. They're they're both uh, are great on their own merits. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk about at least one dead guy that I didn't mention last show, surprisingly, and uh, we'll close out the show. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, LegionPodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. Ah, uh, now we talk about people who have passed on. They were pretty awesome. I have one person for this uh, in a segment called The Butcher's Block. Ah, uh, people that pass on a Monday. And, uh, yeah, this is a Friday, I think, he passed, and I'm still really sad by this, because he was, uh, was kind of a big deal in my life. Uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, um, if you, you, you know wrestling at all in the 80s, he was the face of those backstage interviews in Big Nets, and 
raised Hulkamania to another level that Vince McMahon never could. Uh, big, big, big funny guy. I've met him a few times. Great fucking stories. Great fucking quotes. I, I got one in particular that he told me one time. Just, just shoot the shit. He says, uh, when it came to Miss Elizabeth, the cameraman always knew to wait for the money shot. And, uh, if you know what that is, Miss Elizabeth would climb through the ropes and the cameraman would always go up her snatch. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't realize it when I was a kid, but he went, they went right for that upskirt shot. And yeah, that's real fine. But, uh, RIP to him. RIP Miss Elizabeth. He died a long time ago though. But, um, big deal in the wrestling, um, Hulk Hogan did a nice tribute to him on Raw the, 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 after he passed, and that was real nice and real real genuine because he would say, it, he would look to me and Gene for cues. Like when they would go out, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be really scripted. He would let me and Gene do his thing, and then he would follow his lead, basically. And it, it, um, it just shows that, that sense of professionalism that was there, uh, sense of the business, sense of everything he he did he did comedy real well too so god bless him uh made my childhood he's, he's hanging out right now with bobby the brain and gorilla monsoon right now just chilling i love it to death man but um iris you, you gotta have some love for 80s wrestling what do you, how do you feel about oh yeah being gene yeah i remember i mean he was he was wwe you know, he, he was wrestling. He, I remember him and his little expositions that he would be sitting talking about. And it was it was just wonderful because um, I think I, I remember there was going to be some major fight with uh, I think it was Hulk Hogan. And what was the other guy that was his opposite? Not Roddy, but the other one. Oh, yes, that one. And um he was just there talking and, and it was just kind of cute how they would, especially Hulk Hogan would come out and he'd grab his mic and start talking. God, you know, it was, it was just fun. And, um, Let me I tell you something, being Gene. That's yeah. exactly it. Right. <laughs> I, I had no idea that he had passed. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I think he, um, he fought cancer a few times. I know for sure. Oh, wow. And, uh, this, this one beat him, I think. And, uh, Oh, That's fuck a, cancer. Yeah, fuck cancer, man. Long live Mean Gene, though. He's he's a yeah. amazing fella, amazing human being. A just ge- general nice guy, you know that you'd love to just have hours and hours of conversations with if you could. And, but um, he really helped build those feuds. I mean, now you have a pay per view every month. You have seven hours of, of wrestling or something on a week between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. You have six hours of wrestling on in a week with a bunch of dudes who don't know how to build a feud. Exactly. That's that's creative's fault. You know, it's a lot of people's fault, you know, but they just throw these guys out there and, and some of them can, can can carry a mic and some and too bad 95% of them won't because they don't allow them to do stuff like, you know, the backstage interviews anymore. Because it, it, I think anybody past uh, the Attitude Era really haven't had it. Because you got guys that are genuinely great. I'm like, um, me and Gene was one of them. And he made those guys better. Mm-hmm. He made those guys better, paving the way for people like The Rock, who I think is uh, a really dynamite guy in the microphone. I and mean, he, he would do 90% improv, but he had respect for the business because his whole family was in the business. And they still they still are. 
those those backstage uh, interviews at pay-per-views and on uh, superstars and all those shows. This this is before they had big television on. You had to rely on them going to house shows and and building that feud for for you to for you to 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 watch unravel. And he dealt with some of the big ones, and I I love him. I love uh I love that time in the business. That was when I was wee little boy when we went to Rosemont Horizon and uh, I fell asleep during the main event, which was Hulk Hogan and Randy oh. Macho Man Savage. And the crowd is screaming and yelling. I'm sleeping like the sleep of babes and not giving <laughs> a fuck. You know, I was five years old then, Iris. That was a long time ago. Oh, holy hell, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big fucking deal to a lot of people. Worldwide, I mean, I've seen people, you know, in the UK, Scotland, all over the place that just posted about how, how much love they got for him, and uh, he, does, wow. he he's a guy that deserved it, you know. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, uh, he was something else, and, and I swear, you know, when, especially the kids my, you know, Generation X, I think, you'd see his picture, and immediately you would go to those those nights, those Friday night fights, you know, it's just, your brain just goes there. And he, he was something else. You know what else I missed? I didn't mention his name, but he's, he's passed too. Remember Lord Alfred Hayes and how cool he was? Oh my God. That, that he's passed guy? too? I, I yeah. Sure he has to be gone by now. He was older then. <laughs> I'll have to look this up. I don't wish, I don't wish, uh, not, 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 no. Bad things for Lord Alfred Hayes, but I think he may have passed. I'm going to look that up and, if I if I'm wrong, I'll yeah I'll, he did I'll post, man. I'll post a retraction on the Facebook. No, he has passed okay. July twenty first, twenty two thousand five. Yeah, well, a while ago. Yeah, so I don't feel so I, bad. About he that had. Now. I mean, I think he was like with Santo a couple of times with the Blue Demon and Jesus. International. Yeah, he but, is uh, old. Iris, I'm gonna ask you and I'm gonna say thank you for for, for joining me tonight. It was a yeah. good time. Oh, it was great. Talking about pals and seventies bush and <laughs> yes, a- anal snakes. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a good time. But um, you got something cooking with, with them boys from the BBNBC. and BC. Yes, d- divulge whatever you can to the listeners and tell us all about what you can. Okay, so this is what I can say: that um, the exploitation film cast is going to be dropping its first podcast March 1st. And um, <clears throat> it's basically all we're going to do. We're going to do 60s and 70s exploitation, and that is it. Cool. And um, we're going to have fun with it. Yeah, I know he was feeling the fatigue of doing other stuff that yeah. he really didn't want to do, and I can understand that, but... Yeah, and, and it's only going to be once, and we're gonna. It's going to be once a month episodes. I think is what we're trying to do. I've done, I've done you know a lot of mainstream stuff, mainstream stuff on this show, but I've never let anybody tell me you know what to do as far as like programming goes. But I've always taken suggestions. But I can see a lot of Mike's your guys' show was a lot bigger than this show, so I could see him getting like heavily worded emails about why haven't you ever covered this film or why haven't you ever covered that film. And that that can be frustrating on a person. And I I would I would say to those people, thanks for listening, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll program the shows. Thank you very much. You know. Yeah, you know, and and 
I don't know if Mike may have gotten film, you know, emails like that, but Mike was pretty much of the like, well, fuck you, don't listen, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's he's the the granddad <clears throat> of the podcast world, and he he don't give no fucks, and I love him. But he's he's uh he's a mentor of mine for from way back when this show started. So yeah, I, Mike's I, I, a I good guy. Him, uh, Mike's a good guy. I wish him great success though with this uh this same but new project. You know, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, there, there, there will be some changes, but um, yeah, just, just uh, listen for us on March first. Looking forward to it. And Theme Warriors is coming, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Theme Warriors is coming up. We, we Redemption is this year. Uh, this one for this month, and um, I believe the movies are going to be, uh, Perdition or is it? Uh, yeah, Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. Uh, the Crucible, and uh, oh my god, I should have these movies down because we're going to be doing these real thing. Oh, oh, here they are. Okay, so they're going to be uh, American History X, okay. The Crucible, The Proposition, and Road to Perdition. Proper, proposition solid. Have you ever seen it before? It's a good. It's a good western. No, see, so I'm kind of excited to watch that one because it's the only one that I have not watched. Cool. Yeah, you'll like it. I think it's been a while since I watched it. I remember. I remember enjoying quite a bit. Cool. But yeah, that's going to be it, and it's redemption is our theme. Uh, this show, I've spilled uh, the beans about most what's what's going to happen with it, but I'll tell you right now that uh, the people you listen to on the show, I love and hold them very dear. But people get very, people get busy, and people have different schedules and we're in three different time zones people and it makes oh my it god that's right really hard to schedule things so next show you may hear our son you may not hear our son you know it's it's not a, it's not a choice it's more like a split squad thing so when they can make it they can make it and when they can't the show will go on and nobody's feeling a will it will about that so it's uh it's gonna be going on so hopefully you'll get weekly content from from this show from uh different hosts maybe well we'll see we'll see how it works out it, it all it all come out in the wash eventually of who you're gonna hear on the show and uh um i think the next one's gonna may, may have x on i don't want to like put that in stone but the goal for next week is to get us all together get, get as, many, as many folks as we can together for next week's show and nice. that's gonna include x in the and we're gonna record it in the evening so which is unusual for him because they have one room currently they're staying in right now, but I'm looking forward to summer because I might be going to visit them again if they have their nice. all, all set. And I miss my Knoxville family, you know. They're yeah. There. But one day if I, I'll, I'll brave the, the my fear of flying. I, I have a low center of gravity, Iris. I, I, I I'm afraid <laughs> walking down, walking down the stairs. Okay, let alone getting on the fucking airplane. <laughs> and uh. But one day well, I'll come see everybody. That's my goal of goals is to to come see everybody. And, well, we have a room here for you. I love it. I love to meet everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, that's been this show. See you guys next show here at the Sin Beef Podcast, where if you got beef, we've got the grinder. Bye bye. Ciao. Happy Jack wasn't old, but he was a man. Lived in the sand at the island The kids would all sing, he would take the wrong key. 
So they rode on his head in the Stop Jack or the waters happy And they couldn't prevent Jack from feeling happy Jack from being happy 